Hello, welcome back to the Killer Frogs bullpen. We're in our fourth episode. I am once again joined by Carson Worsell. And today we have a new face joining us. The ever well-spoken, the man who knows it all. It's none other than Brett. Brett, how are you today? I'm great. You're too kind. You you are honestly too kind for that. Anybody that listened to uh, any other shows that I've been on knows that I can be very wrong all the time. Uh, quite a bit. <laughs> but yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. Ready to sit down and talk some uh, TCU baseball. Yeah, today we got a packed show. We're going to recap the Florida Gulf Coast Series, recap the Texas State midweek game, and look forward to the UCLA preview. So uh, let's not waste any time. Uh, TCU came away with the sweep on the weekend against Florida Gulf Coast. Needed two major comebacks. Um, let's just originally get you guys' initial thoughts on the weekend as a whole. Brett, we'll start with you since you're the guest. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, 3-0 is 3-0. It's better than 2-1. and one. It's better than 1-2. and two. It's better than 0-3. So uh, a win is a win. Certainly not going to apologize for that. Um, I don't love taking away concrete things from opening weekend. You know, you're still getting in the, the shape of things. It was uh, what 40 degrees on Saturday. So, you know, a guy's getting into shape, a little bit of jitters. I don't take a, a ton of concrete stuff away. Um, FGCU can hit the ball, man. That's that, that is for sure. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the pitching here in a bit, but, uh, three, no, that's, that's what you got to focus on. You don't apologize for that. Yeah. Carson, what about you? Initial takeaways? Yeah. It kind of. Going off the same thing, 3-0 is 3-0. I do worry a little bit about some of the pitching performances. Uh, But then again, I wouldn't be surprised if we see FGCU deep into the tournament if they earn themselves a bid. Like, that team's hitting is unreal. To go toe-to-toe with number five in the nation and hang with them literally every inning besides maybe three or four, like, that's just – I mean – that's not just all talk, you know? Yeah, Florida Gulf Coast definitely wasn't messing around. Uh, they definitely – they hit eight home runs on the weekend, as did TCU. Uh, they 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 were putting up quality at-bats. They weren't just swinging for the fences. They were a team that, while it's a brand-new team compared to last year's look, was looked about the same as in production-wise compared to the last, last year's squad. Uh, so we spoke about TCU pitching a little bit. TCU allowed 20 walks on the weekend. Is that a cause for concern, or is it a, you know, first weekend jitters? We'll go with you, Brett. Um, yeah, you 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 can say there's a little bit of concern there. I mean, just to kind of throw it over to the offense, they drew 26 walks at their own too. So coming away ahead on that is always a good thing. It's early. I think the pitchers really just need to settle in. There's a lot of nerves going on, you know, first time in 2024. Um, if I do have to call it somebody that I was fairly concerned about, uh, Zach Morris, uh, you know, he, he came away with a uh, 1-4 record last year, almost a 7-5 ERA with Arkansas. And from everything I saw, all the reports that in the fall, he he improved quite a bit. Comes out, uh, he gave up a lot of solid contact on Sunday. Uh, I'd be looking almost for Ben Hampton to step into that role if he continues pitching. You know, he he, he did okay, I, th- I think, on Tuesday. We'll get to that. But, um, you know, I, I just have to tip my hat to FGCU. They're really disciplined at the plate. They didn't chase a lot. And they forced TCU to throw them strikes. And when you throw FGCU uh, strikes, they're going to hit over the wall. Yeah, I definitely think that we could see um, Ben Hampton move into that Sunday starter role for sure. Just especially if if Zach Morris is still kind of having control issues deep into the season, I think Hampton will get his opportunity. Um, I know a lot of people were concerned about Cole Klecker giving up five runs. Um, I believe four of those runs were off of home runs, which we kind of expect that with Klecker. I mean, last year, it was very rare that he got absolutely shelled. But whenever he did, it was usually via the long ball. 
So, I mean, I think Klecker will definitely, I think he'll kind of assume that Saturday starter role here pretty soon, but I think UCLA will definitely be a, a huge test for them for sure. Yeah. Uh, Brett, to kind of talk about Zach Morris a little bit, uh, it was interesting to see him come back and get on the mound for the first time in a while. And especially with his last performance coming against the TCU team that knocked him around easily, his, his stuff, at least from what I saw on the screen, didn't look awful. Like he looked like he was having a tight slider. His fastball had a little bit of run to it and he just got shelled, which is kind of the worst situation out of it. If, you know, if his stuff had been lacking a little bit, maybe you take that away from it. But I think, I think Zach Morris is kind of might slot into a midweek starter and maybe even a longer loop where Louis Rodriguez is. Uh, TCU needed two, uh, both of their games on Friday and Saturday. They need six runs to come back and win in the seventh inning or later. Should we be focusing on the resiliency of the squad or focusing on the fact that they needed to come back that late? Carson, we'll start with you on this one. I mean, I think it's first first series of the year stuff. I mean, all around the country, you saw just shootouts. You saw one to nothing ball games. I mean, it was just I, – I, I don't really see it as a negative in a sense. Um I do think that the pitching staff could, should be a little concerned about having to pitch from behind quite a bit, but the fact that we can put up zeros when pitching by, by behind is a plus in it of itself. I mean, so I, I see it as more of a resilience thing. Like I asked Sarlos, how do you feel about your lineup having just all nine guys being able to start something and continue feeding off of it? And he said, it's awesome. Like, it's just, it's, it's exactly what you look for in your squad. Yeah, Brett, what about you? Um, I'm not really panicking for, uh, you know, it's it's always good to see that you can come from behind. I really think FGC took my surprise, especially with, you know, you're kind of feeling out ton of new faces in this lineup, especially in, the, you know, the pitching rotation, a lot of new faces there. And for a team to come out, that's a little bit dangerous. Um, you know, they they got theirs. Again, I, I think it says more about how well FGCU played and, especially they had, I think 40 home runs exit from last year. So this is like the guys that they had left over. When I say left over, they still had two guys that hit 19 and 18 home runs in their lineup. And we definitely saw them on display there. So I, I just think they're going to be a good baseball team this year. And, you know, we can look back on it at the end of the year and say, it wasn't really all that bad that they gave up so many runs. Cause you know, FGC led the country in runs last year and home runs. I know it's yeah. last year. This is this year, but they're carrying it over. I, I'm not panicking. Yeah, the FGCU averaged 2.97 home runs a game last year. And this, I mean, they almost matched that alone just in the three, you know, three game series with eight on the weekend. Uh, TCU, though, might have found them a solid bullpen piece to pair along with Ben Abel and Zach Boyer. Uh, Zach had a zero ERA on the weekend, appeared in two the Friday and Saturday game with 4.2 inning pitch total, and had a batting average to his opponents of only 133. Uh, you know, was there. Zach impressed me the most. Was there anyone else that impressed you on the weekend as far as bullpen wise? Uh, Carson, we'll go with you. Uh, you know, it seems like kind of all the bullpen pieces kind of had their struggles at times, except for the exception of Abelt and Zach Coyer. I did think that uh, Chase Hoover threw the ball pretty well whenever he whenever he needed to get outs. He was really he was able to lock it down pretty well. Yeah, yeah, in terms of, uh, well, and, and just to talk a little bit more about Coyer is that like he had a, I, I'm looking at it in front of me right now. He had a 0% fly ball rate. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Everything he was throwing was on the ground. It was all ground outs. He had a line out. And that's because his stuff, like, you know, that, that's a testament. He's not jamming batters or, or they're really not getting solid contact. It's it's more they're topping the ball. They're coming over it. And his stuff, I think, is a little bit deceptive to the eye. So, yeah, uh, a really, really awesome performance there. Really, you, you, like, you can't have too many bullpen pieces. And it's really exciting to see another one step up. Yeah, uh, Kirk Charles was talking about how over the offseason, uh, they developed a cutter with Zach Quarry that plays really well uh, off of his fastball. And I think that's, you know, one, a testament to the pitching job that Kirk Charles does with players that he finds in junior colleges and middle, you know, middle power five conferences. And I I think he's become a piece that we're going to see the rest of the team, especially with like how you mentioned Chase Hubert Carson is how the team as a whole bullpen wise, I think, you know, they're going to be fine. And I think it's maybe starting rotation that we do have to worry about. But again, you can't overreact after one weekend series. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to Texas State. TCU won 6-5 on that game. It got a little dicey there in the end. Uh, you know, they're playing a Texas State team that is very, very good. That will, you know, make some noise in the Sun Belt Conference this season and should be a regional team come when it's all said and done. Brett, you know, let's get your thoughts. Midweek game, uh, we have Ben Hampton pitching for his first time. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, TCU knows uh, better than anybody that Texas State is no pushover. Um, I'm a little bit partial to Texas State. <laughs> I, I worked for their football program for a while, so uh, I, got, I got to know that baseball team really well. And I, I still root for them so long as they're not uh, in Fort Worth. Um, I think that was like the perfect outcome. They play well but lose. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I would watch for that Sunday slot for, for Ben Hampton. I think he did a lot better. Uh, eight hits is a little concerning, but Texas State is a very good contact team. I don't know if they have the power that they've had in the past couple of years, but Again, laying down eight hits on him is is pretty solid. And again, you look at the final, you know, how many runs he gave up, not that many. So uh, I, I was really happy when we landed Ben Hampton because he's a known commodity. He's all Big 12 everything. He was all Big 12 freshman. He was all Big 12 first team last year uh, when he was up in Morgantown there. I think he was a really savvy addition. Yeah, Carson, what about you? Yeah, kind of before the, the defense kind of broke down and started making some mental errors, he looked really good. Uh, his slider looked especially good, getting a lot of swings and misses on that. Um, I was concerned last night with how the offense stalled for five innings. I thought that that was kind of, you know, just kind of a question mark, you know? It's kind of like, which which lineup are we going to see? Are we going to see the, the one that puts up 12 runs every game, or are we going to see that lineup that gets out ahead and then gets comfortable, you know? Well, you know, that I was there at the game last night, and that was old Lupton. They were making hard contact. Both teams were, and it was just dying in center field the same way it does every year. And right. this weekend kind of maybe overinflated numbers a little bit because the wind was blowing out so strong that it helped with those numbers. But this was classic. I mean, TC was putting together, you know, really good at bats whenever they needed to. But I think that was the difference between the team we saw in the first half of the game versus the second half is – they weren't working in accounts. They were taking swings at pitches that you're not, you know, aren't characteristic of the team as a whole. And I yeah. think, I think the offense will be fine. They have a tough test this weekend with UCLA and their pitching staff. And if TCU can continue the offense that they have, I think we're looking at a really, really one of the best TCU teams we've seen in a while. Uh, moving on to other parts of that game is, you know, you talked about a little bit, Carson, is the defense had a few misplays and errors. Uh, Chase Brunson dove for a ball that maybe in a game where it's 6-4, you're not going to want to lay out for. Uh, Chase Brunson did also deliver a great throw from center field that skipped on Carson Bowen a little bit at the oh. plate that would have nailed the runner. I, 
you know, Kirk talked about it last night that the defense, you know, it, it's things that, hey, beginning of the season, they're going to work out. You know, are we, are we maybe giving them a little bit too much, you know, it's the beginning of the season, we're a little worried too much. Brett, do you think that the defense will work itself out? Or do you think maybe, you know, there's a little bit that we should be concerned about with the true freshman in center field? No, he's he's just that. He's a true freshman. This was his first Tuesday game of the whole year. Uh, and, and boy, at the plate, he's just been nails. Uh, it, it's almost like he was infallible. And then you find out, oh, okay, he's human. You know, he's a freshman. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. letting that go. TCU is one of the best defensive teams in the entire country. You're going to have bad games. It's a long season early on Tuesday night against a good feisty team uh, coming off a, uh, a, a tough weekend uh, where you gave up a lot of runs. Uh, the, the defense is going to be just fine. Yeah, I do think that, uh, especially at third base, um, I know that we're going to have a drop-off in especially defensive skill because even I, at the beginning of the season, like I expected there to be a drop-off in quality over at third. I didn't think – I think I took Braden Taylor's defense for granted. I truly do because there were – I mean, there were probably three or four balls over the weekend and in last night's game where I'm like, wow, okay, I – so that's a hit now. Interesting. So I I think that third base, I think uh, somebody like, I think who who's starting there now? It's Brody sorry. Green, actually. Okay, Brody Green. Okay, that's what I'm sorry. I totally blanked on that. No, I think <laughs> that what Brody Green showed, especially in the opportunities that he's been given, I think that he'll settle into that role, though. I'm really not worried about the TCU defense. Yeah, speaking of Brody Green, uh, Charles was talking about after the game against Texas State how he believes that, you know, Brody Green has earned the spot or in the starting spot in that roster. And, you know, we we talked, Carson, before the season started that I believe that Brody Green should have been the day one starter just because yeah. his fall yeah, camp was great. Yeah, he struggled in the spring, but, you know, Jack Bassard, the transfer from Pepperdine, he's got a great bat, but he lacks in the defense department. And Ryder's just a freshman. Like maybe third base is a tough spot to follow, especially after, you know, You've had Braden Taylor there, Matt Holiday before. Like third base has always been a great spot for a TCU player to be in. I think, you know, maybe when you're living in the shadow, it's it's hard to fill. Brett, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to crack the lineup when you're sitting behind Braden Taylor, all world, all everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's you're you're not you're not going to see a lot of time at the hot corner. But I, you know, I know that the concern coming in here was his, his defense. You know, Broder Green is there because he has a lot of pop to play. He has a good frame, a lot of good bat speed good hitter and we've seen that i mean shoot he's batting like 745 on the season to start um but we know that defensively it was going to be a big step down carson like you said um you know he did look pretty strong though i think like like you said oh those are hits now yeah those are hits on about 295 teams across the country <laughs> maybe five third base yeah. and you know make make those make those look like routine plays but i i do have to say uh brody's green he's he's gonna have to keep it up He's, he cannot let up because, like you said, Jack Bassier, the Pepperdine transfer, he's right behind him, and he's a much better defensive player. He may not have the same power at the plate, may not be as good a hitter, but he is much better defensively. I think we saw that in fall and in, in the spring. Um, so if he gives up just an inch, uh, you know, Bassier is going to take him out. Yeah, Carson, do you think uh, we'll kind of see a rotation, especially through midweek games of, Kirk Sarlos may be working through different third base options until he finds one that he feels sticks, or do you think maybe it's an all-season rotation? I think until further notice, like he said, because Sarlos, he really doesn't go back on his word a lot. I think that until he just goes cold, 
he has the spot at third. I mean, I could see like other guys getting a couple innings, like seventh, eighth, ninth inning, midweek games or something like that. But I expect to see Brody Green there until further notice. Yeah. Um, TCU's moved to 4 0 after a win against Texas State. And now this weekend, they have a, their first top 25 matchup of the season in UCLA. UCLA is a very, very young team, one of the younger teams in the country, but they're talented. They have a top three recruiting class that have actually stepped foot on campus for the season. And they're going to be loaded. They're going to be a problem. Uh, Kirk Sarlos and uh, Travis Savage, the head coach for UCLA, are actually very good friends. So it should be a good game. Let's just, Carson, your initial thoughts on, you know, this upcoming series. So in our preview for FGCU, I predicted that both teams were going to be slow offensively until kind of later in the first game or until the second game. So yeah, I lied. So, um, but, but this weekend, I, I expect that to actually come true. I think that you're not going to see your 12 to 10, 13 to 10 baseball games. I think these are going to be more like five to four, six to two, like it's going to be low, lower scoring than last weekend, like at least, um, UCLA obviously has a lot of really talented pitchers. So I think that we're really going to find out how good this TCU lineup is this week. Yeah, Brett, what about you? I don't love it. Uh, TCU's <laughs> done this a bunch of times early in the year. We saw it Florida State last year, Kentucky the year before, where they will drop two of three to teams like this. You know, fringe mm-hmm. top 25. UCLA happens to land in the top 25. I think Florida State and Kentucky are both outside at, at the time, but – yeah, really, really good pitching team. You're not going to be able to rely. You know, if you get down eight to four, you're probably not making a six-run comeback this time. The you know UCLA is extremely talented. They're they're not just a team that's sitting in the top twenty-five. This is a team that can make a run at the Pac-12 title, maybe even host a regional uh, when when we're looking at it around uh, Memorial Day here. But um, yeah, I, I'm a little apprehensive. Like first thoughts, I'm like, you're going to find out what you're made of. I could also see them dropping two of three, even at home. Yeah, I mean, you spoke about the pitching prep. They were the only Power 5 team to not allow a run in a Sunday game. Uh, Their pitching allowed 10 runs in a three-game series on the weekend. For reference, TCU allowed 10 runs in the first game on Friday night. Um, They are built on pitching, but they don't win by only pitching. They have a young, talented offense that, while at times they're going to make mistakes and maybe get ahead, you know, get behind in the count a little too much. They have power. They have bat to ball skills. They are going to make TCU earn every win this weekend. And I, I, I do want to gauge your guys, you know, interest in this is a, is a three game sweep after what happens, you know, the last four games. And, but every, let's say every game's close. Is it, you know, Hey, let's take a step back, look at the team, reevaluate, or regardless of what happens this weekend, you know, it, it's going to build them on for the rest of the season, Brett. Uh, I think you just got to keep plugging along. I mean, there you, again, so many new faces in the lineup. You just, it takes a minute to match, take, takes a minute to get comfortable and all that. So, you know, I, what you're saying, TCU get swept this weekend. I, I would hope that wouldn't happen. Uh, you know, they're, they're number five in the country for a reason. There's high as number three. I think the, the college mm-hmm. baseball writers association yeah. had them at three. So you, you got to earn that ranking. You got to prove, Hey, we belong up here. 
um, you know, I, I hate to be such a downer to start, but yeah, like, like you said, I, I think that the, 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 uh, the hitting for UCLA really counters what TCU's pitching does, um, in a way that we don't like, uh, you know, there are, there are very much, we get a lot of hits and we move guys by getting hits. Yeah. They've, they have a couple of guys that have some power. I think they only have five home runs on the season so far as year. I say only, but you know, <laughs> there are much more get a single move a guy get your bunt, move a guy, sack fly, bring him in. Um, and that's what you're going to see. And, uh, you know, TCU gave up a ton of hits this this weekend, and they gave up a ton of hits against uh, Texas State. So I think what UCLA does offensively kind of counters what TCU's pitching doesn't do very well. So I think the defense is really, really going to be tested. Yeah, Carson, what about you? Is, it, is, it, it's, is there any cause for concern about maybe TCU needing to come back and win this past weekend? Is there maybe, hey, you know, how, what are you, how are you feeling as well going into this week? So I, I'm kind of with Brett on this one. I don't feel great about it just because history does track. We don't do well against teams around this ranking. Um, I think that it's, it's, it's really hard to predict because I do think that this TCU team is going to play with a chip on their shoulder being four and oh, but I also think that UCLA is looking to, not only take the series, but sweep. So I could definitely see it happening. I do think TCU drops at least one game. Um, just because I don't think our, our pitching can handle going deep into ball games with UCLA. Yeah. I, I, you know, I am excited more than anything between watching our, you know, our lineup do its thing. I just want to see the starters. I want to see them get out there. I want to see, yeah, you know, absolutely. can can totally keep his pitching count low enough to be able to go deep into games and can collect a rebound. Uh, I think Zach Morris, I think maybe there's still a little bit of the ceiling that we can reach with him, but I think we're kind of getting, we're kind of already seeing what we may be getting out of him the rest of the season. And uh, I think, you know, TCU has a good shot to walk away with the sweep, but they also have a good shot to get swept. And I think that speaks volumes about what UCLA is as a program. Uh, you know, Moving into kind of our predictions now. Last week, you know, Brett, I can't wait to see your prediction, Brett. Uh, last week, we had our top hitter and our top pitcher predict, uh, <laughs> prediction. And, you, you know, Carson picked Anthony Silva for his hitter prediction. I picked Luke Boyers. And uh, Carson, why, well, you know, why don't you go ahead and tell us who won that one? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it just kind of shows how much that he has kind of bought into – being the guy that people think of whenever they look at TCU. I think that right now him and Cole Klecker are the two players that you think of when you say TCU baseball. And I said it, you know, in our preview, I think that Silva is going to, is going to hit really well because I mean, he's the starting shortstop. I mean, that that's the guy that you look at first on everybody's roster pretty much. And sure enough, he shows up and, on Friday and Saturday and even got a hit in Sunday's game as well. So yeah, I, I was very happy with his performance. Yeah. You definitely want to walk <laughs> away and, you know, I I was going to put up a fight for our, our pitching, you know, prediction and you can laugh at us all you want, but pitching prediction wise, I said Cole Klecker was going to be the MVP of the weekend and Carson picked Peyton Tolley. Both of our pitchers, Carson did not have, a memorable one. Uh, they both only went three innings. Uh, they they both have an ERA of eight actually right now. And uh, but you know what? That's last weekend. This weekend we get to make new predictions. 
Carson, we're going right. to, you know, yeah, you're two and oh so far on the weekend. Brett will make his prediction. I'm sure I will pick the worst option available, but you know, let's, let's kick it off with our pitching prediction. Brett, who's your pitching MVP for this weekend against UCLA? I'm actually going to go off of the starting rotation and go with uh, Ben Abel. I, I think that the series has okay. the potential to be the complete opposite of last weekend. You know, how is he going to step in and close a game out when TCU's up three, two, when you absolutely cannot afford when he, in, you know, inherits a batter on second, right up one. That to me is going to be, you know, may, maybe he won't have the most flashy numbers or, or maybe he won't have the most strikeouts or whatever, but I certainly think he's the most pivotal arm on this team this weekend. Yeah. Carson, what about you? My pitcher this weekend is Cole Klecker. I do <laughs> think that he is. I, I think that like, I've, like I said with Silva, everybody's kind of looking for him to be the guy. And if he can go, five, six innings with maybe one or two runs let up, I think that people will be like, okay, he's back, and we don't have anything to worry about on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I'm actually also going to pull in peace, but mine's Louis Rodriguez. Uh, I think okay. if you're expecting, you know, based off what we saw last weekend with the team, with no pitcher going more than four innings in a game, you need that long relief option. And Luis seems to be Kirk's number one option out of long relief right now. And I think if you're going to say Zach Morris maybe doesn't have his best game again, maybe Cole Klecker, you know, gets you deep, but Peyton Tolley needs, you know, needs a little bit of help in the fifth inning. And Louis comes out, gives you two and a half solid innings in each game. I think that's a, that's a very important piece that the bullpen has kind of had locked down with Louis right there where it is right now. And Zach Quayer kind of slots, slots into that role as well. Um, uh, now it's time for an even more fun option. Top hitter prediction. Let's go with you, Brett. You know, kick us off. Before I jump in, I there actually is something that I noticed that uh, I, I wanted to mention earlier that I do think matters to this series here. UCLA did not play a midweek game. They had one scheduled mm -hmm. against Loyola Marymount, and it got postponed. Got postponed. So just keep that in mind. They've got a little bit of extra rest. That doesn't yep. bode well either. Anyway, uh, okay, top hitter of the weekend. I'm going <laughs> to go with the hot hand. Baseball is a, is a sport of streaks. I'm going to go with the freshman Chase Brunson. He's been absolutely unbelievable. Uh, it wasn't just power, even though he had, you know, two homers. He's batting over 500. Mm -hmm. And I think most impressively, especially for a freshman, he drew four walks, man. He sees the play. He sees the ball coming out of the hand really well. Um, I think he's going to be a very, very good baseball player for TCU for many years upcoming. Yes. Carson, what about you? Who's your pick for the weekend? So my pick for this weekend is um, Logan Maxwell. All right. JD knows that I talk about this guy a lot. Last year, for four weeks straight, he hit 333. Like, I, I mean, he just sees the ball really, really well. And this past weekend, he started seeing the ball even better on Saturday and Sunday. Friday, got off to a rocky start, was only able to kind of, like, sneak one out of the infield. But, I mean... I just think that he's a talented hitter and I've been high on him for a while now. I think that he's going to really show that he can be that two hole guy for the Horn Frogs. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I'm actually going with the new starting third baseman for this one in Brody green. I think okay. uh, Brody has the bat, you know, everyone knows he has the power. He has the, <laughs> he has the ball, bat to ball skills. And you kind of saw him develop later in the Texas state game as he got more comfortable at the plate. He started seeing the ball better. And I think you give him a full weekend of it. I think he's really going to show what he's capable of doing at the plate. And uh, I I honestly look forward to what he's going to bring to a lineup that was already very good and what mm -hmm. he could bring to it. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I think that'll about do it. Brett, do you have anything else you want to add to the episode for today? No, I, I guess my bit, Chase Brunson also didn't strike out last weekend. So yeah. not bad for a freshman. Let's go. Let's go, Brunson. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carson, anything else you want to add before we close it out? I think I'm good. Let's see if let's see if we can go win a series against a ranked opponent. Yeah, Brett, it was a pleasure having you on with us. Tell tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and talk uh, chat TCU baseball. If you're looking for me, you can find me on uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter at Road to CFB. And I'm also writing series previews at KillerFrogs.com every week for TCU's upcoming opponents. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that'll about do it. We appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you next Wednesday for the recap, the recap, and the preview. Thank you.